0: Basement to your ears. This is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Each week the dedicated staff the Bureau meet to file recommendations, make reports, and survive on water that drips from the boiler pipe into our open mouths as we sleep on a bed of dot matrix printer paper in the storage closet. Maybe one day we'll escape from the subterranean hell that is this basement, but until that day this city is not going to improve itself. This meeting is now in session.
1: Hello. Oh hi. How are you doing?
0: Oh I could I could not could not be
1: better. Good. Good social distancing to you, sir.
0: Good social distancing and mask wearing to you as well. No. Highly a highly normal thing to say in this summer of twenty twenty.
1: Very much so is.
0: Mm-hmm oh shall we uh shall we take some attendance? we should yeah find out who's here, who's you know not mm mm-hmm. who's okay. behind
1: the mask as it were
0: oh yes more you know, more more apropos than ever that phrase mm-hmm. okay, so uh for first uh, attendee um ace heifer mogul
1: nope. I don't see anybody here named that.
0: well, oh, you know what I did? I uh, I mixed up the letters. Hold on. Um should be Elm of Gauchery. Nope. Okay. Um each foul regime? No. Um uh, just reclaim huge foe? No. Female corgi hue. No. Um G he formulaic. Yes. Oh wait. No. No. Okay, just let me... Um, it's probably not chugly foamier. Uh, just from, oh, uh, Michael Fougere.
1: No, there's no Michael Fougere here.
0: Oh, okay. Um,
1: was he invited?
0: Well, well I, you know, I was hoping. I'm always hoping. Um, well, okay, well, who are you in that case?
1: Uh, I'm Paul Duchesne.
0: Okay, we'll put you in a... We'll we'll, we'll pencil you in for this Okay. Meeting. Paul
1: Duchesne. Lift my mask to prove my identity, but I, I don't think that would be safe.
0: Hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, let's see. Next attendee. Um, Hot Winds Barker. Hot Winds Barker.
1: Hot Winds Barker.
0: No. Yeah. Nope. Uh, oh, uh, uh, oh, sorry. I've mixed up the letters. I can't believe I did this again. Um, Roth Bearskin. Nope. Nobody okay. here. Um, by that name. Um, Wharton Baker? Oh, yeah.
1: No, oh. wait, no, oh. no, sorry, sorry. no.
0: Is it, I mean, that kind of sounds like a like a, like a a mid-20th century comedic novelist, Wharton Baker. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody would write like two dozen novels about a small town America. I don't know. Right.
1: Exactly the kind of person we would have at our
0: meetings. Exactly. Uh, oh, I think I got Absinthe Worker.
1: Oh. I didn't know there were any in town.
0: Oh yeah. They're hard at work on right. the absinthe. Um
1: We're going to need it.
0: <laughs> you know what? Uh, but I don't think I got it right. Uh, I'll give it one more. T- Bonkers Wraith. Nope. Hmm. Oh, uh, Robert Hawkins.
1: Uh, no, he's not here. Sadly. Oh. No, Robert I was, Hawkins.
0: I was hoping for Robert Hawkins, the Bonkers Wraith, but oh, well, I guess, uh, we should have him on again sometime and ask him if he's done any absinthe work. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, okay. Or if people
1: uh, called Bonkers Wraith going through school.
0: Uh, can, well, in that case, yes, people, everybody said, "Oh, there goes that Bonkers Wraith." Uh, to which he would reply, "Ooh, that's that's Bonkers Wraiths do." Well, um, tell you what, uh, why don't we put in the person that's speaking right now. Which is me?
1: You're Aiden
0: Morgan. Um, and I will. Be- right, you know, it's just it's on the tip of my tongue. Okay, and I'm here Aiden. too. Oh, yes, that must. Is that how you always seem to know who I am?
1: Yep, I can read, yeah. despite the fact that it's upside down all the time.
0: Right, well, you've probably learned to read upside down because of it. Yep. Cool. All right, so you're here, I'm here um Fugere and council hawkins are not here uh but that's okay do we have quorum
1: we do not
0: we do not have quorum so nothing we do matters we carry on regardless yes okay let's get on with our agenda
1: okay um uh well you know i wanted to talk about covid plans
0: oh i hear i hear we got some good ones
1: yeah, and I figure, you know, it's even if we were to like institute a covid plan today without quorum, nothing would happen with it. And so we'd wind up with nothing, which is pretty much what the Ministry of Education has come up with as a covid plan for the return to school in September.
0: Okay, I got a, I've got a confession. I uh, I actually sent them uh, a report. Um uh-huh. I labeled it and it, it was just one page and it said what if you had months, and you just showed up with like weeks before the schools open and went?
1: So that just, was for once one of our reports has actually been listened to. Congratulations! Finally,
0: finally recommendations followed. Yeah, because wow. uh, yeah, that's what they did they did, they did nothing. They did bupkus and they seemed to think it was worth an announcement. <laughs> yeah.
1: How our, um, chief health officer, uh, would show up to that, uh, and, uh, give his stamp of approval to it was a little surprising. I thought.
0: I was, yeah. Um, I, I'm not sure why he thought, I mean, and, and defended it too. That was the other thing. He just mm-hmm. had to, he had to sit there and answer questions about it. And and everybody there had to pretend like it was an actual plan, and not not just the thing you write down before you make the plan it 's like what what do we want well we want uh, we want things to go well, okay, write that down. What are we doing now? Write that down, and then they forgot they just got down to what they were doing anyway yeah. as far as I can tell
1: but it has four levels Aiden
0: right, and we 're currently on. Level one, which is yeah. pretty much like the level without a pandemic, except people are encouraged to wash their hands. Right. Perhaps that's glib, but I think that's essentially
1: it. Which should be just kind of what we've been living. We should have been living with that our whole lives. That's kind of like the plan that your mom enacted when you were a kid and you should have been carrying with you through life.
0: Yeah, just just wash your hands do it off the ground. I mean, that's, that's basically level one stuff. Yeah. Um, because level one doesn't call for masks. Nope. It doesn't call for reduced class sizes. And it doesn't call for on-site testing and screening, which the weird thing is that those are the things that can actually reduce uh, the spread of COVID-19. The,
1: the other thing, too, is that they have these four levels, but they have no criteria. There's no, like, trigger for what would elevate you from a level one situation to right. a level two or three or four. Two being, which would be uh, mask usage. Right. And then level three, which is reduced school capacity. And then four would be mandatory re- remote learning. So going back to where we were at the end of the school year last year.
0: Right, when the pandemic was essentially roughly the same level that, that it is now, I think. Yeah.
1: Um, I think we're arguably worse off now than we were back in March. I don't know. Uh, I think there's a lot of sort of... Uh, how should I put this? Centralization, like there's a there's a, especially here in southern Saskatchewan, we have a lot of a lot of cases, and they're very sort of like located in a certain area. But um, the number we've been getting daily spikes of cases that far exceed the spikes we had back in uh, you know April May.
0: Yes, yeah, and uh, part of part of that is uh, localized outbreaks, as you're saying on mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot of them on write colonies and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, we're still getting our steady, our steady trickle. And those outbreaks have put us up. I think, I think we're pretty much ahead of the pack for like per capita uh, cases Mm -hmm. in in the country. Uh, but I I don't, I don't know what it says when, when you've got a government like, uh, you know, the, the UCP next door in Alberta, and they seem to be ahead of the curve on, on taking care of the pandemic farther than we are, which is just kind of remarkable, frankly.
1: The feeling that I get, well, I think from the beginning of this, I get this feeling that the Saskatchewan government, when it thinks about education isn't really even thinking about education so much, that it's so far down on their list of things that they're concerned about in the way that they've been funding education, the way that they've been talking about it. The idea that they would even float the idea that teachers would be sort of strong-armed into running their election because they don't have enough election workers that they could just (laughs) run them out of the schools and get the teachers to do it strikes me as evidence of how little they think about teachers
0: yeah I, I get the sense that a lot of the sask party mlas uh, they're, they're, they themselves are not teachers perhaps and i think what we have here is a culture of people who have no they, they they have a disdain for public education for those involved with it yeah and well am i wrong
1: well, I I think that, you know, you uh you wind up with a kind of disdain for education after you've been uh court mandated to do uh, uh post DUI driver's education
0: classes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not you're like we've got politicians who are like, you know, you're not the boss of us. You can't tell us not to drive drunk. Uh whereas apparently we, we can, but they don't they don't like it. So okay.
1: Yeah and it's frustrating because we know now there is so much evidence that masks are the the r value the, the the measure of uh how fast it spreads that just masks and a few other like simple things can bring that r value below 1 which means the number of cases starts to drop gradually right we know this and that we also know that while kids seem to be fairly robust when it comes to the the disease itself and coping with it and driving it from their systems, they can still spread it. And we also know that, although, you know, maybe if it's been a long time since the SAS party members had any cause to visit a school, they may not know that there's more than just kids in them.
0: There's exactly.
1: There's occasionally people over the age of 18 who attend schools and, uh, walk down the halls, and inhale the particulates in the air.
0: Although it has been recommended or encouraged for teachers to bring hand sanitizer.
1: Right. Uh, that'll take care of it. Amara Issa from CBC Saskatchewan posted on Twitter some uh, quotes from the press conference today that I didn't see in other coverage. Uh, one was from uh, Chief Medical Officer uh, Dr. Shahab, that when you have low transmissions like we have, you can start schools without masks. Minister Wyant also stressed that it was about resuming school as normal a situation as possible for students. And um, they talked about how uh, they aren't, they could like institute masks if the situation gets worse. And that would be your level two. And this struck me as the Saskatchewan party's approach to mask wearing and hand-washing isn't as if these are, scientifically proven preventative measures that help curb the spread of the disease, but as magical rituals that you, you do to drive the demons of disease away. <laughs>
0: right. It is hygiene theater. Right. Yeah.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. The, uh, oh, I uh, should mention we, uh, we are, we are on CJTR uh, 91.3 FM tuned into the community.
1: And we're the queen city improvement bureau.
0: Oh yeah, you're right. Geez, I'd forgotten all about that. I was I was too busy. I was too busy frantically washing my hands to like to like drive drive the COVID demons into the nearest body of water. Oh, did it work? Uh yes, yes. Uh, COVID is cured. Oh, brilliant! Good job. Yeah, no, uh, thanks. Uh, you know, anything I can do to help. Productive um, day for you. Yeah. <laughs> It is indeed. I mean, I just woke up thinking I would be, uh, you know, just making a few more recommendations to do absolutely nothing. I was very clear though with uh, with the government that say, have levels, different levels you can go to, but make sure that nobody knows what those levels are
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and just leave it, leave it to individual school districts because you don't want to be bothered perhaps, presumably. Yeah, I think
1: they should have gone with colors instead of numbers because numbers sort of, like, suggest an actual, like, the, the possibility of increase towards oh, yeah. infinity, right? Mm, yeah. But if they had just gone with, like, level blue, level violet, mm-hmm. level chartreuse, yeah, and then, like, level off-white.
0: Oh, off-white. Oh, I like that. Like eggshell.
1: Right, a nice eggshell. I think that would encompass or embody the air of vagueness that they've been going for with their plans much better.
0: Uh, Yes, I I think so. Or maybe if they could have a series of um, sounds or tones, not like Mm -hmm. ascending tones or anything, but just like random sounds, like uh, level one could be like a distant car horn. Level two could be like the the sound of your mother calling you in, like after, for supper, Mm -hmm. Uh, something like that. Uh, level three could be the sound of a pie being dropped from a third-story balcony. You know, stuff like that.
1: And then uh, the descriptions for those levels could just be ink blots.
0: <laughs>
1: and it would be uh, so. Level car horn. What do you think it means?
0: <laughs> I think it means. Uh, I think it's a butterfly. Yeah.
1: Think, yes, exactly. Uh, Carla Beck, the Saskatchewan Party NDP education critic, uh, had a chance to offer her comments. Uh, the CBC described her as letting out a deep sigh before giving her first thoughts. Yeah. And then, uh, what she had to say was somehow, uh, the minister has managed to come up with the worst plan in Canada, despite all of the extra time and the ability to learn from the plans of other provinces
0: but I think they waited to see what other provinces came out with, and then said can we can we do less than that mm mm-hmm. with fewer specifics and uh and like a more an even more cavalier attitude towards the life and health of of uh children and families and teachers and their families and the people that they encounter and so on
1: yeah yeah, Scott Moe is like. Oh, Alberta has a bad plan. Hold my beer. I'll drive <laughs> over and give you an even worse plan.
0: Kind of wish there were, I had positive things to say about the plan. I, I'm just kind of struggling, frankly, with that.
1: Yeah. Uh, I took a look at some Twitter uh, commentary on this. Uh, people are pretty outraged. Uh, one person uh, said I didn't write their name down and then the tweet disappeared in my timeline. Uh, said, this will be like HIV. It will arrive in Saskatchewan late, stay longer, and ravage rural minority communities. Uh, Craig Baird, uh, from, the Can- from the very excellent, by the way, Canadian History X uh, podcast. Craig Baird was a City Hall reporter here in Regina for a year or two, uh, moved out to uh, Calgary and started this podcast. Um, so he's been following this as well, and in response to uh, – Scott Moe's school reopening plan, he commented, there is a fire in my house. I will buy a fire extinguisher if the fire worsens.
0: <laughs> the best comment I've heard yet.
1: Yeah, that pretty well sums things up, I thought. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Greg Argue, at, uh, who goes by at what the point. what's the point, Sask, uh, said, wow, listening to Wyand and Shahab's news conference on school opening plan was like watching Trump defending his non-COVID-19 action in the U.S., cases were down in May and June so we are okay but last i checked the month that followed july was not, or the month that followed june was not so good which again is totally true we've had a terrible july and august is not starting out so great either mm-hmm. but i was saving the, the best for last uh, Tammy Robert the mighty tammy, tammy robert from Saskatchewan um her first response upon the release of this and i'm sure that she was uh waiting all day for the uh, press conference so that she could comment. She came up with Gord Wyant, who the F was advising you? A potato? Did you (laughs) sit around a table with a bunch of potatoes with googly eyes and ask for advice on going back to school during a pandemic? And then uh, she followed that up with a little bit later with, um, sometimes I wonder if they do this on purpose. Uh, They set the bar so absolutely low that by the end of this week, if they're like, okay, since you guys are such big babies, we'll get your kids some masks and we'll all be like, yay!
0: That occurred to me as well. Yeah. Uh, that Because there's no way they're going to just... I, I mean, I think they put out this plan partly to see if they could get away with it. And if they could get away with doing the bare minimum or mm-hmm. less than that. And it turns out they probably can't. So they're going to have to... Um, well, maybe you have to buy those masks, those sweet, premium masks that they've sourced from somewhere.
1: Yeah, yeah. And they, it's not like they, they have a, a reputation for doing this, they have a history of doing this. For example, with the making teachers run their election for them, the right. outrage with <laughs> Swift and Furious, and that plan got revoked uh, almost instantly, like within the week.
0: Right, exactly.
1: So I guess outrage could work in our in our favor, and apparently in the press conference, Gord Wyant mentioned that uh, the plan could change before September first if the situation changes. So he's he even left himself that like ripcord that you can pull so you can like right. eject from the uh, the burning wreckage of his uh, uh, return to school plan.
0: I. I <laughs> I think this, I think they've probably have found that the situation has already changed. Just after given the response, I just, I can't imagine them just sort of maybe they'll double down for another day or two, but they have to, they have, they have to sort of walk some of this back and actually look like they're doing anything at all because this politics of like just complete apathy Bizarrely enough, during during a like a like health crisis of the scale, doesn't doesn't cut it.
1: Yeah,
0: I think they uh, thought it might.
1: Yeah, uh, I'd be curious though because uh, my my bubble, like my info bubble for Saskatchewan, is kind of restricted to uh, Twitter and you. Mm. So, <laughs> I don't think that's probably a representative sample. So I don't know if he's hearing something different on Facebook or TikTok, that this is a good idea?
0: You know, I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, but I've, I've even seen commentary to the effect of people saying, I'm, I'm a SaaS Party voter, but this is kind of the last straw. Mm. Like, I, because, I hope because it seems to me such an abdication of responsibility of any kind of sort of leadership.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But who knows? Maybe they've got a reliable base of people who don't care about the lives of um, teachers and children and families. <laughs> There's a bunch of monsters out there who just want to watch kids die or watch their parents die. I don't know. It is so.
1: It is so at odds with that. I don't know that stereotypical Saskatchewanian who's supposed to be all about like family and ties to the community um how this this neglect of family and community can be left well can be allowed to thrive in the Saskatchewan party um if they're supposed to be the ones who are upholding those Saskatchewan values this is such a such a betrayal of what Saskatchewan is supposed to be about
0: hopefully yeah. hopefully that hopefully that that particular set of values will prevail yeah although
1: Uh, Flip side, uh, public health worker health uh, expert at the University of Virginia talks a lot about how poor uh, Saskatchewan does for worker safety, and especially in the farming and the rural communities, um, where uh, catastrophic injuries are common. And a lot of it comes down to boils down to that get her done attitude in Saskatchewan. The uh, you know forget about the uh, the safety gloves and the harness. Uh, just go get her done. And right. um that that might be more what is taking place here that we're um you know, damn the risks. We've gotta we gotta get our kids educated.
0: What, what are those what are those teachers complaining about again? Yeah. You know, or whatever else. Yeah. Hey, uh here's a question. Mm-hmm. Do you have a, do you happen to have any innovative revenue tools for this meeting? Oh, we're just coming up on IRT time, and I finally remember what those things are. So,
1: Yeah, an innovative revenue tool. I actually have one. Oh. I actually have one. So despite, how, uh, despite everything that we've said right now about COVID, uh, one of the things that I think we have to acknowledge, and I hope to God I haven't done this innovative revenue tool already. One of the things that we need to recognize is that the Queen City of all the districts within the province has done phenomenal. I, we've got the lowest total cases mm-hmm. of any jurisdiction, and I did not check the numbers this morning, but I believe we were at about six right about now. Six active cases might even be lower by now, but we've been we've been below ten for a very long time here.
0: Yeah, no, Regina, Regina has done pretty pretty well for itself, and
1: we've been we were at zero for a long time. So um, what we should do is we should um, build a wall, block everybody from coming into Regina. And um, one of the things that's going on in North America right now is that TV shows and movies can't film because of COVID. Ah. They could all come to Regina and we've got an, because the film industry is dead here. We've got like world-class production facilities here that aren't being used. So we've got yes. very low COVID numbers, lots of film experts who are out of work, and lots of facilities that they could use. We could become Hollywood North during the pandemic.
0: One more, once again, Hollywood North. I, I love this idea.
1: So that's my innovative revenue. I, I
0: want... That's awesome! I cannot wait for um, Christian Slater and a host of like B, C, and D movie actors to once again flood the streets of Regina. Oh,
1: it would it would be dazzling. We could have we could uh,
0: we could have
1: <laughs> we could have the uh, D and Celebrity Hall of Fame here in Regina. <laughs> we could have like a we get like Christian Slater's handprints and footprints out in uh-huh. front of the sports museum.
0: We could have a wax museum like Djibouti. Yes, the dealer, the D-list wax museum.
1: Yeah, the
0: cheap, wax. cheap, melting wax. Uh, but anyway, if, if those if those particular uh, that revenue tool does not work, I believe we have uh, some other ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would call it Madame
1: Trussocks. <laughs> The Queen City Improvement Bureau would like to acknowledge the Regina Warehouse Business Improvement District for their support of our show. The Regina Warehouse Business Improvement District. Improving the district where there are warehouses in Regina. All right, we're back from Innovative Revenue Tools.
0: Uh, those were refreshing and delicious IRTs. They were. Hey, Aiden. I've heard of yeah. some
1: kind of membership drive on at CJTR. What? It's true. Tell me more. Uh, I will,
0: as soon as I call the script up. While you're doing that, may yeah. I say that having a membership in CJTR is supporting community public radio and giving, giving this station and all the great content that you love a much-needed boost.
1: That's all true. Um, and also, did people, do you know that uh, with many businesses suffering through COVID, uh, CJTR's business, valued business partners have been forced to reduce their advertising dollars? Oh, uh,
0: those fickle business people, I kid, I kid, but we have sympathy for them.
1: Yeah, and it's sad. Everybody has to tighten their
0: belts, but right now,
1: there is a very real possibility of community radio disappearing from southern Saskatchewan within the next few years. Say it ain't so. It's sadly so. We,
0: well you could well, listeners, you can make it not so. How? How did? Da- how damn it. Uh um just, just driving up to the station with truckloads of money? Uh, I don't know. No, uh by uh, by buying a membership. Uh you can buy like one year, two year, five year memberships. You can, and uh, for that, I believe you get some swag there's windows signs and stuff that, and yard signs that you can get
1: that is true um, also uh, in, in the one year membership is a mere thirty dollars and thirty a mere thirty dollars uh, and with that you get uh, you get access to the transmitter newsletter, learn all about what's going mm-hmm. on in your uh your community radio station uh you get to vote at the annual general meeting. Um, you get uh, to be a programmer on the station if you want. You get the right to like pitch shows onto the station. And there are discounts at places mm-hmm. like Articulate Inc., X-Ray Records, B-Sharp Music, and Renewed Kitchens and Countertops. Ooh, not bad. Um, two-year membership gives you early access to prize and ticket giveaways. And, you know, radio stations are one of those places that get, you know the occasional ticket to a show thrown their way. Uh, Not a lot of those right now, but that will come back someday. Someday. Um, At three year membership, um, you get exclusive, uh, you get access to communications, workshops, letters, lectures, station tours. And then, uh, um, yeah, it just goes up from there. But the most important thing is keeping the radio station on the air. So, yeah. Um, the membership drive, they're pushing for, uh, that'll be ending in the next few days, but you can still keep buying memberships even after the membership drive. So
0: so what, what is next on our, now that we've saved uh, community radio, oh, uh, what's, I mean, phew, no small feat, but we just did it. Um, what's next on our agenda? Uh, City Hall meeting,
1: uh, council, oh. met. Oh, right. July 29th. And mercifully, we are still not expected to show up. You can still watch these meetings at home and uh, catch all the action, uh, either on YouTube through uh, the access, access Communications. Always puts out, like, a secret YouTube link of the day of the meeting so you can follow along. And uh, the city also has a, a stream on their
0: website. And if you download it from, uh, from YouTube, if you rip that, you can add every meeting to your home video library.
1: 100% true. Yep. yep. Your, your children will thank you.
0: They, they'll, they'll be ecstatic. Uh, they'll, they'll be ditching their Phineas and Ferb and Avatar The Last Airbender uh, DVDs to just take in the, uh, the goodness that is Regina City Hall meetings.
1: 100% true. Well, this meeting was a little bit shorter. That, well, no, mm-hmm. that's not true. It actually went the full length that a meeting can go these days, which is from 1.30 in the afternoon until 6 o'clock at night. Uh, but they didn't have to have a second meeting this time to catch uh. up on all the things that they didn't finish during the meeting. They're able to get through their entire agenda. One of the things that was reported on quite a bit was a notice of motion. The, well, first of all, there were several, I think there were six notices of motions at this meeting, which to me smells like there must be an election coming. Ah, uh, yes. So much, counselors want to get so much business done uh, before the fall hits. Uh, but one of the motions was um, signed by every counselor with the exception of Stevens and Mancinelli. And the notice of motion was that at next meeting they would be discussing renaming the City Square Plaza the Pat Fiacco Plaza after uh, the mayor that preceded Mayor Fougere. So because it was a notice of motion, it was indicating that next month it would be considered. But if you get a unanimous vote, you can have this discussed at uh, the current meeting. Uh, They did not get unanimity. Uh, Councillor Stevens, uh, third person to vote, voted no. So they just ended the voting there. The argument that Mayor Fougere made for why it should be considered right away is because the request to rename the plaza was already... Uh, uh, an item on the public record. And so there was no reason to prolong this. However, uh, typically these notice of motions are there to give the public an idea of when a motion is actually going to be discussed and give them a month to prepare uh, a delegation to either support or oppose it. Hmm. Um, had it, had it passed, that it be considered at this meeting, uh, that would basically take away the ability of, delega- of people to muster delegations on one side or the other of this. So uh-huh. I thought it was peculiar that a motion such as this would be, um, would be put forward as something to be dealt with quickly on such a flimsy pretense. Right. So, but it didn't happen. It will be discussed at the next meeting, whether or not City Square Plaza should be called Pat's Pat sorry, uh, Pat's Fiaco Plaza. Oh, um, I
0: like Pat's Fiaco Plaza.
1: Pat's Fiaco Plaza. Yeah <laughs> um, the, the item that got, I think, the most heat in the lead-up to the council meeting was uh, a request to put a McDonald's in Everest Place. Now, at the last council meeting, uh, REAL, Regina Exhibition Association Limited, uh, came forward with a restructuring plan because they uh, are not making any money. They're, in fact, losing money. And uh, council uh, would very much like to see them be self-sufficient and have them uh, stop relying on, they get a $400,000 a year grant from the city to under, you know, to boost their... uh, their revenue, so they can get through. But they, they haven't been making money the last few years, um, and they're, they're clearly not turning it around as yet. And so to achieve self-sufficiency, uh, they put forward this plan that they would take 40 acres of land within Everest Place and develop mm-hmm. it with restaurants and I think some retail as well, and turn this into a, uh, a commercial node in North Central, essentially.
0: And when I think restaurants, I think McDonald's.
1: Yeah. Um, a lot of people were not happy that McDonald's was going to be the first, the first franchise that would open there. Um,
0: if, there weren't, if there weren't McDonald's just sort of located at the corner of Albert and, and Udney, I, I, I would sort of understand it, but there is. Mm-hmm. McDonald's really close by. So why we need another one? And I've heard this is going to be a fancy McDonald's to boot. Um, this is the yeah. promise. Only yeah. the, fine, the finest of like fast food, you know, dishwater junk for, for us, I guess.
1: Yeah. It's their A-plus design, Aiden.
0: Right. Yeah, they're, they're, bringing, they're bringing not their A-game, but their A-plus game.
1: It's going to be awesome. It's going to oh, yeah. be an awesome, McDonald's. What's I, what the I, A stands
0: for? Oh awesome awesome plus. I understand actually that you order you order it from um, from robots. You order your Big Mac from a robot. And then actually it will use like sophisticated GPS tracking to catapult the burger directly into your mouth even if you leave the restaurant. Nice. It'll be carried by a drone and then shot right into your face. Yeah. Although
1: uh, the representative from McDonald's uh, did note that uh, this McDonald's uh, outlet should lead to several, like many tens of jobs for the neighborhood. Oh, I ten, believe,
0: tens and tens.
1: Yeah. I believe what they'll be doing is they'll actually be operating the robots as though they're mm-hmm. um, marionettes because robot technology isn't really there. So you yeah, you'll need mean, one sure. human, they'll need one human operator for every robot.
0: At least. Well, I actually maybe even two, like, one for the legs and like one for the arms Mm -hmm. and perhaps even one to like, you know, manipulate the mouth as they speak, Uh, you know, so it could be we get three human workers for every fake robot, right? Like up, up to that many. I mean, this is, this is a a staggering like employment uh, opportunity for (laughs) Marion and operators in Regina.
1: Unfortunately, I mean that's the worry that instead of these jobs going to uh you know, young people in North Central, that they'll go to out of work uh and puppet operators.
0: That's right. Yeah. L- you know, kicked out of like, you know, you know, Los Angeles and like migrating northward uh, yeah. and to be to be caught up in the McDonalds uh marionette net.
1: Yeah. Now that there's not going to be a season two of The Dark Crystal, what do they have in their life but a job operating? I don't know that for a fact.
0: Oh, don't, 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 don't scare me. That'll be, now, now, now my outlook is all grim and gloomy because I would love a second season of Dark Crystal.
1: I just assumed with COVID that you couldn't do puppets.
0: Right, yeah. Have you ever
1: seen pictures of uh, Jim Henson puppeteers uh, underneath the stage? Like there is Mm -hmm. no social distancing there. They are jammed right up against each other.
0: That is a good point. So maybe they'll have to do uh, remote puppetry. Right. Maybe, maybe we can get like the, uh, the characters from the dark crystal to be the, the sort of the robots that serve us our, our delicious McDonald's food.
1: Oh, that'd be lovely. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great.
0: The possibilities are endless, uh, but I would, I would prefer if, if it employed regular humans from, from the local neighborhood.
1: Oh, I agree. I agree. And that, yeah. is, that is, they say, the plan. The, 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 the two issues that came up about the McDonald's site were, one was the fact that McDonald's food is not especially healthy. Uh, and that actually warranted an attempt at a, a, a mo- an amendment. Uh, Councillor Stevens tried to get a healthy food amendment passed where um, – the land on Real, so Real uh, Regina Exhibition Association Limited, is actually owned by the city, 100%. So the land is also owned by the city, 100%. And uh, this, so this development, he wanted to see that all future development would work towards the official community plans uh, target of you know, providing healthy food, especially in food deserts like North Central, where there mm-hmm. is no grocery store. He argued that uh, since this land is city-owned, this is a place where city council can exert influence towards achieving a, a, an OCP goal. Unfortunately, that amendment failed. The other item on the list was uh, McDonald's wants to put a 14-meter sign, tall meter sign, out in front of their McDonald's uh, saying that, you know, this is what, how they brand themselves. Uh, but the Everest lot is zoned public service And so that can only have four-meter signs. And uh, so they passed it. They allowed it to go through with the 14-meter sign, but only for the McDonald's site. Uh, These two items absorbed the bulk of the discourse on the McDonald's site, uh, which I found interesting because um, what was ignored was that the McDonald's site layout was total garbage. Uh, The OCP is also supposed to promote active transportation, walking. And uh, this McDonald's why should be very close to a neighborhood just on the other side of uh, Pasqua on 11th Street, or 11th Avenue, sorry. And it would be a walkable McDonald's for the people who, this residential community that lives there, they could, there's four lights at that intersection. They could walk across those sidewalks. But the McDonald's is set about as far away on the lot from the 11th and Pasqua corner as it could be. And it's blocked off by chain link fences. So if you want to get in there from 11th Avenue, you have to walk all the way around the site, all the way to the east of the site, and then all the way back up around onto the south. So it's utterly not walkable. Um, but nobody raised this issue at all. And this is this is a violation of the, uh, the spirit of the official community plan that we see constantly with these fast food sites where, the uh, traffic flows for cars are um, prioritized far beyond the uh, traffic flows for cyclists or walkers. So,
0: Right. Yeah. It's, ba- it's your basic anti-humanist architecture or anti-human well, architecture, saying. I should say. Yeah. Oh, I should also say that uh, you're listening to uh, 91.3 FM CJTR Regina community radio tuned into the community. And we are the Queen City Improvement Bureau. That
1: we are. So we got our McDonald's, Aiden, our A-plus design McDonald's. Oh,
0: thank you. Thank you, City and Real and McDonald's. Thank you.
1: Yeah. And it will be the anchor tenant on that 40 acres of uh, retail and restaurants that's going in on Everest Place. Um, I think that's going to be eating up a lot of parking. So as, these, as this develops, as this expands, you're going to see a lot more grumbling about a lack of parking at the Everest Place site. Um, What we lost, though, at this council meeting was a chance at a lot more cannabis stores.
0: A lot more cannabis stores. A
1: lot more. So last year, Saskatchewan party government was, whoa, cannabis, this craziness. We can only have six stores. I don't know. Like, how many did we get in in Regina? Did we get even six stores? I don't think um, we got six stores.
0: Tweed, Fire and Flower. Right? I, three. I think we got three or four that like come to mind. But I, yeah. I, I don't have any figures on in front of me.
1: Yeah, definitely well under ten for for Regina. Oh, oh yeah. And because we, you know, weed's crazy. We can't have too many these weed shops.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll get you know weed reefer <coughs> addicts running around. Well, this year, they've totally
1: changed their tune. And uh, on Saskatchewan 1st, Saskatch- on September 1st, uh, they've, like, ripped the lid off Pandora's pot box, and you can have as many cannabis stores as the market will bear now. Nice. Uh, this made some on council kind of nervous. And it has made the existing cannabis market in Regina... Very nervous. So one of the owners of the Tweed stores, I guess there's two of them in Regina, uh, attended the council meeting uh, virtually to argue that, uh, whoa, whoa, we can't have too many stores here because this is a very competitive market, it's highly regulated, and the current people who got the licenses through the lottery could be negatively impacted by all this free market capitalism.
0: Exactly. Weed socialism.
1: Yeah. So they were kind of saying maybe you should pass some kind of rule to keep out more pot shops. Um, city administration estimated that uh, we have all of these rules about where in the city is zoned for pot shops. And so they estimate there's about 25 to 30 uh, sites in the city that are suitable for cannabis stores. And uh, the owner of Tweed was arguing that they're kind of privy to the scuttlebutt and the scuttlebutt says that we could see all 25 to 30 of those sites uh, turn into cannabis shops in the near future. That's um, a lot. Yeah. I personally, I don't know how true that is or if that's just some like pot smoke and paranoia kicking in there. <laughs> but uh, S- uh, Councillor Stevens and f- several people on council were swayed by the argument. That we need more information before we throw open the Queen City's doors to right, uh, better cannabis capitalism.
0: Right, and we go all kush crazy. Kush crazy, yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: the motion is for the motion that was put forward and passed was for a moratorium on approval of pot shops until the first quarter of 2021. Uh, that's when we're expecting to get a report back from administration about uh, the impact of the uh, legalized cannabis on the black market. And uh, there will also be included a sort of summary of uh, how increased competition will impact the market as a whole. Um, While uh, the province has the ability to say, you know, you can have as we're going to unlicense pot shops, the city also has the ability to, as they do with taxis, impose licensing on pot shops and they also have, um, and they also have the ability to uh, restrict the zoning, like not approve. Currently they're discretionary uses. So the council always has the opportunity to say, yeah, no, we've had too many. And in this case, they're just throwing a, uh, a moratorium in place across the board. Well, then we've got time for one last thing, which is cool. the transit master plan funding.
0: Oh, Wow. I was hoping we'd get to this.
1: Yeah. So we spoke about this at our last meeting, uh, $440 million to support the design of a transportation master plan. Uh, this item attracted the the largest number of actual delegates to council. Hmm. And what they were arguing, we had, um, uh, like city council celebrities, like, uh, Florence, uh, Florence Stratton was there. Oh. Uh, frequent speaker at council. Uh, mm-hmm. Terry Sliva, a uh, an accessibility rights activist, was also there, again, frequent speaker at council. Also, uh, there was a representative from the Transit Drivers Union was there. Uh, the overwhelming uh, argument that all of these delegations were making was that we don't need to spend this kind of money on a consultant. We have the expertise in-house. Uh, they all came with... Uh, many, many, many suggestions on how to improve the transit system uh, in the long term, such as uh, not having parking along 11th Avenue where the transit hub is so that the buses can move more freely and there'll be less congestion. Uh, adding a express route on uh, Broad Street. Um, free, the, one of the big ones that came up many, many times over was free transit for people 18 and under. So, free youth yeah. fairs, free youth and student fairs. Um, and that would like breed like a whole new generation of, uh, long time transit users. Um, one of the concerns that was raised several times by these delegations was a concern that the transit hub would get moved off 11th Avenue downtown and moved North to Saskatchewan drive, just North of downtown. Uh, all of the delegations were, they were unanimous in saying that this is a bad idea. 11th Avenue is where you want your transit hub. It's a high, uh, high pedestrian area with access to lots of shops, the mall. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody who's taken uh, the bus 9 or 7, leaving downtown at uh, like rush hour, 5, 6 o'clock, or even later in the evening, will see that uh, these buses are packed with uh, people who work in retail downtown, especially people who work in the mall, uh, take these buses to get home. So, um, and a lot of these people are newcomers to Canada uh, who don't have uh, a car at this time. So uh, this is the most centrally located spot in the city currently that we can put the bus uh, transit hub. And their concerns are... 100% founded and 100% rational. Uh, The idea of moving the transit hub north to Saskatchewan drive has been whispered about and even spoken openly about uh, at council and at various uh, visioning sessions for downtown and other master plan discussions uh, for many years now. So this is an idea that's been percolating at city hall, moving the bus stops north to Saskatchewan Drive. And the timing on this is interesting in that uh, the administration pointed out that one of the reasons they want to do this master plan now is that there are several large-scale construction projects coming up uh, that could impact decisions that are made on the transit master plan. And one of the biggest of those is the revamp for saskatchewan drive so uh, a lot of water infrastructure underneath there needs to be redone and while they're doing that they're going to be redoing the entire road like right down to the road bed of uh, saskatchewan drive so uh if they were thinking about moving the uh, transit hub to saskatchewan drive twinning that with this saskatchewan drive rehabilitation project uh would uh would be symbiotic, I would think, in the minds of people in, uh, in that department. So uh, raising this, flagging this as a concern, I think was, um, was worthwhile if you are actually concerned about moving the transit up.
0: Interesting. But
1: that's, yeah, but that's about it. The money passed. Administration basically argued, we're doing a 25-year master plan. All of our master plans are 25 years, um, although we don't usually see them start to get to get, you know, really move until year seven or eight. Um, but, uh, yeah, and that they need more expertise for such a long-term plan that they would need to bring in because basically everybody at City, City Hall has already got their jobs. So uh, they need to bring people in. They also pointed out that there will be ample opportunity for um, transit drivers and transit users to weigh in on what they want to see change about the uh, transit system.
0: Right. So and uh, within 25 years, we should be, uh, we should all be driving flying cars anyway. So there's, there'll be all kinds of new routes in the air available.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Because what we need are big lumbering flying buses flying over our heads.
0: Just, yeah, all the time. Just,
1: yeah.
0: just a network of them just sort of flying through the air.
1: No danger of that going completely, completely mm, wrong. None at all. Yeah. And,
0: if, and if it does, we'll move to level two.
1: Yes, exactly. If we live, if we survive level one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Perfectly rational, safe level one. If we survive it, we'll go to level two. Don't you worry.
1: Yeah. Uh, Okay. And just finally, three things that passed without any controversy. COVID recovery grant, $2 million to support businesses passed unanimously. So that's going to happen. Plastic checkout bag ban bylaw passed unanimously that will kick in in about a year and uh hawkins got a noxious weed uh, motion passed and so there's going to be increased fines and oversight on your noxious weeds so if you've been letting your dandelions grow it's time to cut them because uh the weed man the weed cops are coming to get you
0: (laughs) hawkins he just doesn't like weed in any form (laughs) he doesn't yeah you know he just he just objects to the the, the very idea of weed whether it's like you know drugs or just uh, ugly stuff that grows in your lawn
1: yeah it wasn't enough to pass a moratorium on it he has to have like a ban as well
0: precisely Precisely. and actually when you said hawkins got a noxious weed i thought you were going to say rash but okay no but bylaw is good too no. Uh, and and uh, with that, I think uh, we the time has come to uh, adjourn this here meeting.
1: All right. Okay.
0: All right. Well, so, do you want to move to? Man, adjourn? you, go. you always move. Okay. I'll, I'll move to adjourn. I'll second. Motion has passed. Meeting is adjourned. You have been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau, one ninety-one point three FM, CJTR, Regina Community Radio, tuned into the community. Uh, we are found on 91.3 FM CJTR, 7, 7 to 8 p.m. on Thursdays. We broadcast 9 to 10 a.m. Monday no. Morning morning. no. No. No more. No, we what are happened? broadcast
1: uh, 3 to 4 p.m. on Mondays.
0: Oh, my bad. So sorry, 3 to 4 oh, p.m. On, on Mondays. So if you're leaving work early, then you can listen to us in the car. Uh, coming up next, we have uh, the Nerdcore Cabaret with Maddie V, followed by the Cockpit, its music all along through the night to keep